Come on in, have a seat before the blizzard comes, or the ice age, whatever, I don't know. Somebody on Facebook told me it's negative 25 degrees in Lexington right now with the wind chill. That's fun. So we're getting ready for this big blizzard to come, so we'll see. But uh, my name is Josh. I'm a volunteer here. We're just going to give you a quick update of what's going on. Um, I've just got two things, so this will be really quick, and we're going to dive right into the message with, uh, I believe, Eric's bringing it to us tonight, so I'm excited about that. Here in the next few weeks, nursery, there will be a meeting about nursery information. For those of you who have children or, or might be having children one day or know about children or think they like children, anything involved with children, this is the time for you to be involved. You want to see Autumn, and she'll have some more information about that as we go along. The covenant is here. We have that, this, this, this piece of paper. Uh, it's a covenant that's going to be for the group of people who want to partner with the leadership team. Eric has it. The paper is there. But it's this group of people as they, as they work with the leadership team to kind of walk with them and um, who really want people who want to call revolution their home and want to see God work through that as he sees fit and wants to kind of be the hands and feet of that. So there's information you want to see Eric and it explains all that in detail. Hopefully it's been something you've been praying about and thinking about and if it's something you want to participate in then um, you'll want to see him. Um, that's all the announcements I have so here's what we're going to do. It is getting ready to be frigidly nasty, ugly, cold. So here's a question. We're going to get up and meet somebody you don't know and find out. There's got a lot of new faces. Shawnee's back in town. Welcome Shawnee back to the frigid weather of Portsmouth. So what we want to do is the question is is which would you rather be, frigidly cold with no heat or sweatingly hot with no air conditioning? Mm, you know, which, one, which one's worse? So we're going to put some music on. I want you to take 15, 20 seconds. Someone you don't know, there's a lot of new faces. It requires you to stand back up and move, shake some hands, and then Eric will come on up, and he's going to go right into things. So let's put some music on for 30 seconds. Stand up. Would you rather be frigidly cold with no heat or sweatingly hot with no air conditioning? It's hanging over him like the clouds of Seattle And raining on the swag, falling deeper in the saddle It's written on his face, he don't have to speak a sound Somebody call the five, oh, we got a man down Now you can go and play it like you're all rock and roll But guilt does a job on each and every man's soul And when your head hits the pillow at the nightfall You can bet your life that it's gonna be a fight, y'all Cause we all make mistakes sometimes And we've all stepped across that line Nothing sweeter than the day we find Forgiveness, forgiveness And we all stumble and we fall Bridges burn in the heat of it all But nothing sweeter than the day Sweeter than the day we call Out for forgiveness Hello? Alright, there we go. How are you guys doing tonight? You guys ready for a snowpocalypse? Actually, we have a couple people from North Dakota here, so uh, this is like beautiful weather to them, and they are super pumped uh, to have 45 degree weather because it won't be 45 degrees until about June for them, so um, that's exciting for them. Uh, no, we do actually have a couple friends from Cooperstown Bible Camp who are here to meet a couple college students to maybe take you guys out to North Dakota, and that'd be really cool. Um, I know it's a pretty, pretty cool place, and, and they're sharing the gospel with, with kids, and, and, uh, and they have a great ministry out there. So I encourage you guys to 
get with them. Chuck and Oliver, you want to raise your hands? Just we got a lot of college students here, so if you guys are interested in camp ministry this summer, you should talk to them. That would be really cool. Um, tonight we're starting a new sermon series on evangelism. Uh, it is kind of a coincidence after Pastor Matt's message last week, um, but we chose our sermon series before he did his, so uh, we're not copying. Um, we are actually breaking it up into four parts. Uh, those four parts will be, the first part will be the gospel, which are just different facets of the gospel, how that all fits together, how that works. And, and so that'll be things like uh, propitiation or uh, penal substitutionary atonement or, or um, uh, how do we apply the gospel to different life circumstances. Uh, so those are the kinds of things we'll be covering in that portion with the focus on doing evangelism, with the focus of sharing said gospel with people. Um, the second portion will be about loving God in our personal lives. So that will be like uh, personal holiness, studying scripture, praying, fasting. These are going to be the kinds of things we'll focus in those sermons. Uh, then we'll have section three. We'll continue some of this apologetic stuff that we've been doing and just and, and break down some of the common misconceptions or uh, objections of the Christian faith. And part four will be actions. These are the things that we outwardly do to obey God. This is outreach to people. This is actually sharing the gospel with people. This is uh, going out and serving others. Uh, those are the kinds of things we're going to be talking about. And all of those uh, four different kinds of sermons will be interwoven together for the next 16 weeks, right? Where's Dowdy? Is it 16 weeks? All right. Um, so that's going to be awesome, I hope. Basically, what we did was we were sitting around and, and we wanted to figure out what, what was Rev struggling with. And what we decided was Rev, as a whole, is great at understanding the gospel, but is not super great at sharing the gospel. And so we want to prepare you guys the best way we can. Um, and this is kind of a balanced complete approach, I think. So actually, if you guys have any other suggestions, that might be cool. I think we have a couple sermons in limbo that we could definitely change up. So if you guys have any particular topics related to evangelism, let us know. Um, so tonight, we're just laying the groundwork. This is just an introductory sermon for um, evangelism. Uh, so we are actually turning to Matthew 28, Great commission text. That was low-hanging fruit. Had to go for it. Um, I'm not sure what page that is in the Blue Bibles. Can somebody tell me? Matthew 28, 18. What's that? Everybody beat me there. All right. So we're just looking at uh, verses 18 through 20. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit 
Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. All right, so this is one of Jesus' final commands to his remaining 11 disciples, that, that they would go out and, and share the same teaching, share um, what Christ has done for us with the rest of the world, to make new disciples. And, and that word disciple in Greek isn't like a different word than is used to describe the 11 disciples remaining. That's the same word. So we're put on the same level field, and therefore this command applies directly to us as well. Um, this is, um, you know, like, like I said, not just a command to the high and mighty, the, the, the super elite Christians like the evangelists or the, the teachers or preachers or, or whoever you think has it all together. This is a command to all of us. This isn't something that we just get to shrug off and say, well, I am an introvert, so God obviously does not want me to share my faith. I think that's the exact opposite. God made you an introvert so that it would be more glorifying to him whenever you step out and do share your faith with people. So this is a universal command. This isn't like a, a, oh, you people are going to do this and you people are going to do that. I'm not saying that we don't all have different skills. I'm saying that for this one, this is to all of us. This isn't the teachers are going to teach those who are Good encouragers are going to encourage. Those who are good administratively are going to do administrative things. This is a universal command that we all must take on. Um, I'm currently reading through a book by Sam Albury. um, And something that he wrote that kind of resonated with me was uh, this, this particular quote right here. When Jesus burst onto the scene, he didn't subdivide humanity into categories and give them each one a separate message. One, of, one for the introverts, another for the extroverts. One with logical charts and bullet points for the left-brained people and one for uh, the right-brained people that had different colors and ambient music. I'm talking to you, Caleb. He didn't do that, right? He gave us one message. He gave us one gospel, and that is sufficient for all of us. That message is completely sufficient for every different type of person, every age, every uh, um, diverse culture that they're a part of, every, I don't know, group of people they're from. Whether you're tall like me or you're short like Kelly, uh, it still applies to us equally, right? I always knock on him for being short, and I should stop it. I'm so mean to him. Um, so it's, it, it really is something that's universal to all of us. It's, it's, it's not, I don't know. I, I, I have a friend actually in town that I had a conversation with about a month ago, and he really thinks that Scripture's interpretation is based on whatever culture you came from. And I just, I can't, I can't believe that. Like, you can't just get a different interpretation from Scripture and say that it's perfectly valid because you interpret it that way, right? It has a specific meaning. 
in, in this particular section, Jesus is telling us, you need to go out and you need to share my message. Um, and, and most of you that know, if you're closer to me, you know that I am more of like a low-key kind of dude. I'm not super outgoing. Like, I put on this facade or whatever and, and pretend like I'm outgoing. Like, I stand up here, and I'm super awkward right now. I, I just feel the awkward in the room. Do you feel it with me? Cool. All right. I actually had somebody from Bible study this past fall tell me that they appreciated how unashamedly awkward I am. And I will stick to that. <laughs> um, but this, you know, this isn't really my thing, right? Standing up in front of you guys and, and, and teaching is, is not typically my thing. Um, but when it comes to the gospel, I can be bold for the gospel. I, I don't, I'm, I guess I can be bold about computers and Superman too. Don't argue if PC or Mac with me because you'll lose. Um, but hopefully when it comes to the gospel, people will see that if there's anything I'm going to be bold for, that's going to be it. I'm typically not like a people person. I'm super awkward. Um, but, but hopefully whenever people look into my life and they may see that, like, I'm afraid of heights, which everybody finds funny because I'm tall. Uh, that makes no sense, by the way. Um, and <laughs> I'm afraid of spiders or whatever. Or I'm, af- I'm afraid to stand up and talk to people. But, man, Eric is bold for the gospel. I hope that's what they see. I'm not saying that I'm there, but I hope that's what they see. And that's what I want. That's what I want to be. I want to be more bold for the gospel. Go against things that I uh, am afraid to do for the sake of sharing the gospel with more people. And I hope you guys share that same passion. Moment of reflection. Do you want to be more bold for the gospel? Just think about that. But it goes way further than just hoping to be better, right? It's not, well, I really want to be better in my relationship with Christ. The question is, is it better? What are you doing to make it happen? Do you really care about the lost? Do I really care about the lost? Do I really want people to know Jesus? You know, is he that important to me that I'm going to go out of my way to share the gospel with people? You know, what, what is it that you and I are doing on a day-to-day basis to improve our abilities to share the gospel with people? How much do you think about that? Like, day-to-day, what am I doing to be better at sharing my faith Last week, um, I got up here just real quick and told you guys about how the pancake thing went down in the East End, and uh, it went really well. We had like 30-some people, and and we got to talk um, about Jesus with a few people. We even had one guy show up who had like, must have been to like a Christmas morning service because like he was pumped up. He had just recommitted his life for Christ, and I think he woke up half the neighborhood yelling hallelujah, Um, but he was just so pumped up. And it was awesome to talk to him about uh, his experience. And also, because other people were there and can't help but notice a guy that's screaming about Jesus, um, 
being able to talk to them about Jesus as well. And we actually had a, a, an older retired couple come over by the name of Norman and Marianne, correct? Right? It's been a few weeks and I'm terrible, terrible with names. So, um, But they came by and it turns out that these, this couple lives about a block away from us on the east end. And they are living there essentially doing the same thing that we are. Uh, they are sharing the gospel with people. They are ministering to recovering drug addicts. They're helping where they can. They're sharing their faith with others. And, you know, that's how they're spending their retirement, and that's amazing. I love that. Um, and, actually, Norman gave AJ this hat, and I asked AJ if I could borrow it. And I don't know if you can read it, but it says, uh, Jesus is my lifesaver, with little lifesavers all over it. And I'm uh, not cool enough to wear this hat, so I'm not going to continue to wear it. But it also says, I love Jesus on it. But, <laughs> Allie's losing it over there. Um, and, and it was just cool to meet them though, even though they have a different style, right? They're, they're an older couple. They kind of do the older goofy couple stuff, you know, um, that like just, I don't get it at all, but it was cool to meet them and know that there are other people just across the field from where we live that are sharing the gospel with people day in and day out. (laughs) And they are doing that with their retirement. That's phenomenal. All right, here's a little quiz time. I actually want answers. In this text that we're looking at tonight, where was Jesus just before he gives the Great Commission? Do, 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 do. Where was he? Right before he talks to the disciples. This is at the very end of Matthew, so that gives you a clue. He may or may not have been alive. Where was he? He was in the grave, right? Exactly. I got Dave here. That's it. That's everybody else. You fail. Um, you have to come back next week to retake the exam. Um, so he was in the grave. So what does he do right after he takes on our punishment for our sins is he comes out and he says, now go tell everybody that I did this. Go tell everybody that I have made a way to a salvation that was not previously possible. That he made a new covenant. That he is freeing all those that believe. That he has created a salvation that until recently was incomplete. That in him all sin is washed away. The hearts are cleansed. And that we are made new creations. So he dies. And he's raised from the dead three days later. And then he comes out and he says, all right. Now you get to go and tell everyone that I'm your lifesaver, right? I know that's cheesy, but it's true. How, how often do you hear about somebody being like a miraculous rescue, right? It makes me think of that movie, The Guardian, right? With Kev- Kevin Costner, right? Everybody's seen that movie because it's awesome. 
How often have you heard of like miraculous rescues um, in the news on Facebook or, or whatever? Uh, just this past week in Chillicothe, Chillicothe is my hometown, um, a police officer noticed a guy that was like drifting through a couple lanes and then he drifted through two lanes of oncoming traffic and then runs into a gas station. Um, and, and his video of, of his squad car is on the internet, um, where he, he went and he parked and he was, he was facing where the guy crashed. I mean, there is, he crashed into a gasoline pump. Right, I'm thinking, watching this video, it's going to blow up any second. And you see this police officer run, drag this guy out of his car, and off to safety. Now, that happened last week, and it's viral. Like, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of views. So when there's a rescue, whenever there's this miraculous thing happen, people can't help but share it. It doesn't stay a secret, I don't know if you've experienced anything like that. But anything exciting like that happens, you have to share it. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm really parched. I'll be as loud as possible. Um, I've actually got a, a quote from John Calvin here. I'm going to kick that over. I just see it happening. Um, I've got a quote from John, John Calvin I want to share with you guys. And it's from a preface that he wrote for a translation for the New Testament. And it's entitled, Without the Gospel. I want to share with you, um, or actually, it says, Without the gospel, everything is useless and vain. It is the power of God for the salvation of all those who believe. It follows that every good thing we could think or desire is to be found in this same Jesus Christ alone. For he was sold to buy us back, captive to deliver us, and condemned to absolve us. Do we really believe that? That's, I guess that's my question tonight. And I think that's the question that Pastor Matt had last week. How many of us were... Uh, a little convicted by Pastor Matt's sermon last week, definitely. I'm the first one. I was sitting back there, like, squirming in my seat at the computer. Do, if I really believe what Christ has done for me, can I go day to day and not share it with people? I mean, I know in my life, there are, there are entire days, there are... Um, Stretches of time when I don't even think about the people that I'm interacting with, my coworkers, my family members, my friends that don't know Christ. And if I truly believe that if they don't have Christ, that they are bound to eternal punishment, how can I possibly not share that with them? Right? And that's, that's heavy. But I don't want to just, like, beat us up about this. It's also meant to encourage us, Right? that we can have confidence in the gospel because it's the truth, right? You got to have confidence that what you are saying is the truth. That we've talked about this before, that, you know, Christ died for this, that many of the apostles died for this, and that liars don't 
die for a lie. We've, we've discussed that before here at Rev, that we can have assurance in this passage because Christ tells us, I am always with you, even to the end of the age, that you are not alone when you are sharing what Christ has done for people. You're not alone, that you have the Holy Spirit with you, guiding your, your, um, your words and, and the way that you say things. And not only that, but the, the best part is that Jesus is the one that saves people. It's not you. You just get to tell people about it. That's your job. That's the church's job. It's Jesus' job to actually save people. It's the Holy Spirit's job to actually change people's hearts. Uh, Actually, uh, Dowdy told me a few months ago whenever we were talking about preaching or whatever, and, and I just feel so nervous every time I come up here, like I'm nervous right now. And, and one thing that he said that really encouraged me was, it's not my job to change your mind or your hearts. It's the Holy Spirit's job to do that. It's my job to teach the text faithful, faithfully. And that the same thing applies to you guys. Whenever we go out and we share the gospel with people, your job and my job is to share the gospel faithfully. It's the Holy Spirit's job to change people's hearts. It's Jesus' job to be the perfect sacrifice for those people. Jesus has made us the vehicle for his message. He didn't make another way. He doesn't just zap it into people, at least not very often. Uh, You can make an argument for Paul there. Um, But he uses the testimony of Christians. He uses our lives and our words to spread his message. It doesn't magically happen. Um, it's more than just inviting somebody to church, right? Other, that's great. But we need to be able to verbalize and live out the gospel every single day. As you can see right up here, I love this. I don't know who came up with this. Was it Katie? Was it Corey? Dowdy. Apathy is not an option, right? When it comes to this this great commission that Jesus has given to us, his disciples, apathy is not an option. That there is life and death on the line. Uh, This week, Pastor Rick Clark of Christ Community Church, I don't know if you guys are friends with him on Facebook, but he posted a fantastic quote that has just been kicking my butt all week, and I want to share that with you. It's from uh, Wayne Cordero of New Hope Christian Fellowship in Honolulu. And the quote reads, But of all the trillions of surprises, there's one thing that we will never see again in all of eternity. We will never see another non-Christian. Right now, in this life, we have the only opportunity to usher people to the forgiver. Our lifetime contains the only possibility for us to play an active part in God's plan of salvation for others. Right now. That you won't get another chance, and and unbelievers won't get another chance. Right now. Scripture tells us that 
our lives are, are just a vapor. They're there and they're gone in the grand scheme of eternity. So we have to be bearers of Christ's message. We have to spread the gospel. And it's not just being a nice person. That's great. It's not just listening to Christian music. It's not living a Christian lifestyle. It, we have to share the message. It's more than just living it, although that's certainly a part of it. I just wanted to close with one final thing, and this is a little bit different. We, we don't typically do stuff like this at Revolution, but uh, Pastor Matt gave me this great book of Puritan prayers uh, last week, and I haven't been able to put it down. Um, it's phenomenal. And I want to essentially pray one of these prayers with you. And, and I was hoping that we could just close our eyes and, and try to make this our prayer. And, and what we'll do is I'll, I'll read this, and, and I want you guys to be thinking on it and, and praying it yourselves. And then uh, I'll, I'll close out in prayer, and we'll bring the praise band up here, and, and we'll worship. The prayer is called God's Cause. Sovereign God, thy cause, not my own, engages my heart. And I appeal to thee with greatest freedom to set up thy kingdom in every place where Satan reigns. Glorify thyself, and I shall rejoice. For to bring honor to thy name is my sole desire. I adore thee that thou art God, and long that others should know it, feel it, and rejoice in it. O that all men might love and praise thee, that thou mightiest have all glory from the intelligent world. Let sinners be brought to thee for thy dear name. To the eye of reason, everything respecting the conversion of others is as dark as midnight. But thou canst accomplish great things, and and the cause is thine. And it is to thy glory that men should be saved. Lord, use me as thou wilt. Do with me what thou wilt. But, O, promote thy cause. Let thy kingdom come, and thy blessed interest be advanced in this world. O, do thou bring in great numbers to Jesus. Let me see that glorious day, and give me to grasp for multitudes of souls. Let me be willing to die to that end. And while I live... Let me labor for thee to the utmost of my strength, spending time profitably in this work, both in health and in weakness. And it is thy cause and kingdom I long for, not my own. Father God, we, um, we just are humbled by your word tonight. Uh, God, I, I pray that wouldn't just be the spirit kicking our butts tonight, but that it would be also an encouragement to us that you are with us, that you have made it possible, that it is not on us to save people, but it is on you that we only have to 
tell people the message that we already know. God, I pray over the coming weeks that that message would become clearer, that we would understand you more fully, and that uh, through just these these messages and through our small groups and, and through other events going on here at Rev, God, that we can be drawn closer to you so that we may be emboldened to go out and share your gospel with Portsmouth, Ohio. God, I pray that that would be all to your glory and that uh, that we would stay in your will by, by being obedient to your command tonight. God, I pray for worship that we would uh, give it all up to you right now, um, that we would give our fears up and that we would take on your strength and your boldness. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.